0: Good to see you this morning on this bank holiday, which is slightly unusual for a bank holiday on a Friday. Um, Let me just open in prayer. God of peace and of life, I want to thank you afresh for Jesus, for who you are and all you've done for us. Amen. Well, um, I didn't consciously pick uh, this passage for VE Day. But maybe as we reflect on some of the stories of V.E. Day, VE day if I can actually say that, V.E. Day, over this third uh, day, we will appreciate again some of the dangers of not peacemaking and some of the great opportunities of helping others thrive. This morning is a fabulous passage of Scripture. As Paul draws together what Christ has done for us, and what this means for us. I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians 5, but I'm actually going to start from verse 16 to 21 this morning. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Well, when I was younger, uh, quite a lot younger, it's fair to say, I probably thought that this peacemaking lark was a bit of an extra. I had in mind Terry Waite, who was then incarcerated for a whole period of time. And actually, I was just passionate uh, about winning souls, not really peace, being, being a peacemaker. But obviously, time, maturity, a bit of experience, and a bit more biblical literacy actually radically changed my tune. Because let me be blunt today what point is Christianity? If it has no answer to the brokenness and darkness in this world? What is life really about if we ignore or remain passive or become victims of the darkness of our world in all its different forms? Fortunately for you and for us and the Apostle Paul puts me straight. Before lockdown, some of us were on a Sunday evening doing the Difference course that was helping to explore this theme of reconciliation and peace. At its heart is this passage of Christ, of how he repairs, he restores and heals our relationship with God and transforms our relationship with ourselves, others and actually the whole of creation. It's an amazing passage. But what does that look like? Well, I'm going to attempt this morning, we have technology works with me, to share a video. There was one of the videos that we looked at um, during the peacemaking course. It's just four minutes long. Um, Hopefully the technology will work. And it's subtitled, so follow the subtitles, you can still see the images. And it's a story that tells of someone who got beyond the brokenness, the darkness, the barriers and the obstacles to discover reconciliation and peace. See, Christians are tasked, Paul says, with a message and ministry of reconciliation and peace, because that's what we received. I'm hoping that this uh, is Sammy's story and we are able to see it as I share it.
1: We live under occupation. I grew up in a situation where we witnessed and experienced the occupation every single day of my life. My father was principal of an orphanage where the Israeli army would actually raid the orphanage. So it was a very direct experience of tear gas, rubber bullets, yelling, shouting, night raids that we had. And then for me, I grew up in this reality. And and the narrative around this reality is that you are justified in your hatred and resentful towards them who are doing this to you. I could not understand how can you make peace with a people that want to destroy you. They don't even want to make peace with us. So as a Palestinian activist, I was very committed to nonviolent resistance to end occupation. But at the same time, I was always challenged with what is really this conflict about? Is there something hidden that we are not aware of that we need to address? But I never knew what what it was. And then American Jewish friends of mine invited me to this retreat called the Bearing Witness Retreat. And this retreat happens every year, and they organize it in the death camps of Auschwitz and Bergenau in Poland. As Palestinians, we don't deny the Holocaust, but we don't affiliate ourselves with it. It's not our story, it's not our narrative. It has nothing to do with us. It's in the past, the reality of the occupation is what we live in now. Uh, But I decided to go there. And to be honest, that experience completely turned my life around. For several days, we toured the campus itself, the location itself, the death camp, and saw everything that happened there. At one point, three of us decided to do something that was very unique. Myself as a Palestinian Christian, an American Jew, and the Turkish Muslim decided to spend the night in what's called the children's bunker. And it's a November night, and we have all the warm clothes and blankets and sleeping bags, and we were freezing. And just to imagine what those children, who had nothing, went through and experienced. And that was, I think, one of the deepest experiences that I had in my life. And so my whole life was turned around by this experience. Unless we address the traumas of the communities of this land, we will never achieve any real sense of peace. We will always look towards the other with mistrust, with doubt, with having hidden agendas and hidden tensions that will limit any scope of peacemaking that we can put on. Now, when I go to a checkpoint and I see an Israeli soldier, a gun, And he could even point this gun towards me. I would engage. I would ask the questions. Tell me your story. Tell me more about you. And so even if he's coming, (laughs) yelling at me and shouting at me, if there is an opportunity to create that space, this is what I do. You know, in science they say one case can make or destroy a whole theory. So if the theory that people have, that Palestinians and Israelis hate each other, you need one example to show that this theory is wrong. And I've seen hundreds of examples that prove that this theory is wrong. Palestinians and Israelis are living in conflict, are living in a time where there is hatred and resentment, but this is not embedded in us as a people just never said, negotiate a peace treaty with your enemy. Never said, resolve your conflict with your enemy. Never said, reach a political settlement with your enemy. Do You want to follow me, then you follow my commandment. You love your enemy. And for me, that's become my journey.
0: There is brokenness, there is division all around us, in our schools, in our families, in our churches, in government, in nations, our nations, in our workplaces, in our marriages, in our neighbourhoods and in our environment. But we have good news. We have good news. We have Christ who is our peace. And more than that, in this passage, we also see that we're called to be his ambassadors to take his peace that he's given to us, to take his reconciling presence that he's given to us and to give that to others so others can thrive rather than shrivel. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the hope that you've placed in each one of us. Thank you for the privilege of being your ambassador, of being united to Christ, being a new creation Thank you for your call on each one of our lives to bring peace. Teach us, we pray, to enable others to thrive, in Jesus' name, Amen.